You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Welcome to the Boss Hog Movie Podcast. This is episode number 148 of Central India's favorite podcast. I'm Jeremiah Morrill. Today I'm joined by our very special guest, Audrey Joe Davis, <laughs> my forever co-host, Dakota Davis. And who else? Today's episode features Chris Lamb, who is the director of the Newcastle Career Center here in Henry County, Indiana. The Career Center is a great program that is offered to all of our local schools around here. We're going to be talking about Chris's background, where he came from, and uh, also all about the Career Center. So we had Stephen Vitito on, which was all about the uh, Newcastle Career Center's welding program. But this is an overview of the whole thing. I am a Career Center alum, and so is my wife. So we're... Our, uh, well, yeah, but Audrey doesn't it. even have a career anymore. So how did that work out? I did, and it was related. <laughs> it was. We both went into the fields that were related to uh, to our career center classes. I think it's a great program. She thinks it's a great program. I'm sure that Chris Lamb also thinks that they are all great programs. Absolutely. So uh, we are going to be talking all about those, and uh, make sure you stick around to the end to uh, hear some of Jeremiah's very special final thoughts. Uh, this show is about our lives in rural Indiana. We're here to push your boundaries and make you think as individuals. Sometimes we will provoke you. Other times we'll make you laugh. Tonight we'll make you laugh, I promise. Uh, other times, uh, ho- hopefully, hopefully, you'll always learn something new. And I think you're going to learn something new tonight. For sure. Oh, man. So uh, got uh, got one of our big-time patrons right in the right in the studio, Dakota. That's right. You've been putting his name last, but I think we ought to re- rethink this a little bit. I put his name last because I was going to do a drum roll. Oh, but all right. You do You that. blew it. You do. Uh, I screw up a lot of stuff. <laughs> you can sign up at patreon.com slash boss hog of liberty. Those are the folks that help support the show. They are also the folks that pay the bills around this place and make it to where we are able to get a nice thermostat to where um, now Chris is comfortable Last week, Tom Saunders was not comfortable. His teeth were chattering. It was bad. Yeah. And so we, uh, we appreciate all those folks. The tiers start at $5 a month. Um, and you get different rewards for different tiers. So you can get, uh, stickers in some tiers, which are on their way. We just ordered some brand new die cut stickers. So they will be coming in the mail for the folks that have signed up in the like last month and a half or so or two months, probably. And uh, we also have um, some postcards that we have. Um, and then if you donate at $50 or more a month, then we give you a shout-out at the front of every episode. Those folks are Jonathan Phillips, Craig DaCosta from all the way in Hawaii, Christy Avery in Fort Wayne, and, of course, Chris Lamb, our Woo-hoo! guest tonight. Yeah. So uh, we appreciate those folks greatly. Um appreciate everything that they do we also have the t-chip stores and that is where you can buy your boss hog of liberty merchandise t-chip.com slash bhol one two or three um those are all of our different t-shirts and uh they move up in quality and price one two or three so one is very basic three has uh the our that is logo the on the lexus front. of yes. the t-shirts and it also has the our uh 
local stories, national impact slogan on the back. And then we also have the Polar Plunge. That is our that is our fundraiser for the January and the month of February that we are getting ready to go into. We are supporting a uh, local person for the Polar Plunge for the uh, Special Olympics fundraiser. Um, Chris, producer Chris, if you want to find the link to where they can donate directly to her campaign and put it in the live stream comments, we also have it up on our Facebook page. If you want to, if you're listening later and want to find it there. Really, uh, really cool crowdsourcing uh, fundraising going on with the Polar Plunge. And I know that Newcastle Baby Box has absolutely taken off this week. I think there was a $7,500 goal yeah. I gave to that. And I know a number of our uh, our folks, our, our listeners from across the country, uh, from the We're Libertarians Network and, and just through Boss Hog listeners have been giving to that. It's been really neat to watch that tracker move this week. Um, I think they're probably 75% to the way to that goal. Yeah. They're at like um, 5,500 yeah. out of the 75. Yeah. And, uh, I've, I've watched our, some of our listeners from, I, I know Christy gave, I know one of our listeners from Louisiana gave, it's been, it's been really oh, wow. neat seeing, uh, seeing that reach, uh, in what this audience can do. Uh, we talk about not doing things through government all the time, but doing it as individuals and, and as in a voluntary deal. And, um, and that's been re- that's been a really neat thing to watch. So, and that was one of the things that we talked about at the end of 2019, where we always talk about things that we can improve upon. Um, that's why we have the. That's why we always put out the fundraiser, or not the fundraiser, but the survey at the end of the year to get everyone's thoughts. Uh, one big thing that we came up with for 2020 as our resolution, I guess you could say, was we wanted to um, be more involved in some of the nonprofits and things that are happening in our community and around our community. We did the fundraiser for the career center. I was going to present you, you got with the big a check. check. You got the big check Dakota. Uh-huh. I was going to present you with a check tonight. Uh, I totally forgot it. So uh, we're good for uh, the money. The checks in the mail. I was, you were promised the, the <laughs> sticker and you were promised the check and the stickers didn't come in the mail and I forgot the check. So yeah, Sounds like the army. <laughs> sure does. He's been he's been disappointed before, and yeah, he's ready for it again. To it. I'm sorry, I duped you, Chris. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, the speaking about the U.S. Army, you met a young Chris Guffey Absolutely. in the U.S. Army. He, Chris Guffey said that you met him in 2007. Yeah, that was it. Yep. Well. Um, well, great story, guys. <laughs> well, well we, well, we were about to build on it, but Jeremiah just so, you know, he's, it's got to be so fast. Very abrupt. Very. We talked about awkward moments in the Patreon portion. This that was him. one of them. Yep. So, yeah, we met in 2007. I had just uh, just enlisted, and well, you were an E5, E6 at the time? I was a staff sergeant. Yeah, E6. So he's an E6, and here comes Guffy just strolling into the Muncie. The Muncie, uh, what? Debt four? Yeah. They so, have army in Muncie? I didn't realize that. They do. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm strolling in and there's Lamb and we just, I don't know how it happened, but I, I think at the time you were kind of the platoon sergeant, weren't you? I was. Um, and so my family, his last name's Guffy also. And, uh, different, different tribe also different from Albany, tribe. Kentucky. Different tribes. Uh, well, yeah, from Albany. Yeah, of course. And, um, <laughs> so I saw Guffy Newcastle. I thought maybe. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so yeah, it was, uh, you were there, what, two years, year and a half? Yeah, I was there for a year and a half because I went, uh, my junior year, then I went to basic, then came back my senior year. So basically it was a weekend, uh, 
to yell at him and run him around. Uh-huh. Basically. Push up, sit ups. Make him, make him great. Mm-hmm. Basically. Yeah. yeah. So, and you just develop a friendship and. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's kind of nice because. You, you develop your friendships through borderline abuse. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. That's, uh, that makes sense. That's yeah. how I'm friends with you. <laughs> exactly. That, that closes the loop. <laughs> Dakota's just shaking his head going, mm-hmm. yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yep. 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 So. But whenever I looked up your LinkedIn profile, mm-hmm. uh, which is where I got everything for the show notes. Um, so if anything's wrong, it's your fault. That's what Dakota's it is, saying. Yeah. I made sure to note that your LinkedIn profile says that you worked in Space Missile Defense Command for the U.S. Army. I did. Which uh, So were you one of the front runners for the Space Force? No. Well, kind of. <laughs> we uh, Space Force. My last two years of active duty, I was in Ar- Army Space Command and out of Fort Bliss, El Paso, Texas. And uh, it was a special duty assignment. I by by job I was an air defense uh network engineer and um and uh, this was a job that that came down and there weren't a whole lot there weren't many of us that were able to do it. Um so uh I went to El Paso for a couple of years and went through a specialized course and uh, basically what we did, we tracked missile launches all over the world. And uh, the reason it was Space Command, because everything is tracked. Satellite. Down, yeah. So it would, did you do any of the um, the work like we're seeing in the news right now with uh, Russia has is saying that they have these new hypersonic missiles that uh, they shoot from space? Is that Was that uh, is something that was on your guys' radar back then? No so, comment. So <laughs> that was more of an Air Force thing. Uh, the the Army, we kept it down low. And, okay. Uh, so we, we tracked everything that went from the ground up. And oh, then okay. Also, uh, fast-moving aircraft, um, we would track that. So Do you think it was that, very interesting. You think we'll have hypersonic flight, manned flights in the near future? I absolutely think we will, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I Hi, hypersonic, not supersonic. You're not talking about the Concorde. You're talking hypersonic, about hypersonic. Yeah. You're yeah. talking about like SpaceX space tourism. What are you trying? Um, to, what are you asking? No, about? Hypersonic is seven times the speed of sound. Okay. So it's it's uh, thousands of miles per hour. It's it's faster than anything that we currently have. And uh, I, I don't. I was listening. There's a podcast called The Future of Everything. And they were talking about hypersonic man flights and it was like incredibly interesting because no one, no one currently knows how to do it, but every single world leader says that we're close. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just a a whole lot of people who are experts in the field trying to figure out why does everyone keep saying that we're close and uh, whenever we don't think that we are. So I don't know. I was just trying to see if that was like the terminology for that stuff was around even whenever you were in back then. No, no, not at all. Um, it was, uh, we were, we would track, um, small to medium range ballistic missiles, uh, you know, going from like Iraq or Iran to Iraq, India to Pakistan. Um, nothing, nothing that high speed. Yeah. It was just, it's, it was something that I heard like two weeks ago, and it's one of those things that sticks around in your brain because it kind of blows your mind in the moment. That's exactly what that was for me. <laughs> what was neat about that duty, and and I was I was only there for a couple of years, um, was that we were issued a, a space operations badge, and it it looked like a Star Trek badge. 
It's like you were in the very first Space yeah. Force. Yeah. So then when I came back to, to Indiana and would report um, for duty, they would ask if I jumped out of the space shuttle or um, <laughs> yeah. just, you know, just crazy stuff. And there were only about 50 of us that earned that badge, and then they stopped issuing it. So, oh, that's really yeah, cool. Very impressive. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So you transitioned from that into into the education world. Yes. Uh, here, are you from Newcastle originally? I graduated Newcastle, nineteen eighty eight. Okay. All right, and then you've had the opportunity to come back and, and uh-huh. get back into the Newcastle School Corporation. We yep we uh, we moved back here. My wife, I have five kids, and um, we moved back in two thousand six. I just had gotten back from a deployment to the Middle East or from the Middle East in May of oh six. Looked at eleven houses in June of 06 and one day and decided on one the next day. And then, <laughs> I can't possibly look at another house for yeah. buying it no matter yeah. what. So, uh, and, uh, so a couple months later, we, after we climbed, moved my wife and kids so they could start school in August. And then I went back to Texas for a few months and finished my, my enlistment. Hmm. Finish your responsibilities. Yep. Why did you, what made you want to go, uh, Go and get a civilian job as a teacher. Um, I did it. I did a stint as an instructor in the military and, and it's very, very similar lesson planning and, and, uh, you know, um, classroom management and, um, and, and I really enjoyed the, the training, uh, the training piece of that. Um, so when I came back, I really was, um, supposed to take the postal exam for the electronics technician. And, uh, um, the day that, the day that I was supposed to take that, the day, my last day in the military, I was offered a full-time teaching job in Newcastle. So, um, so it was, I enjoyed it and it's something I've wanted to do since I was probably 11, 12 years old. So um, uh, your teaching job was mm-hmm. in, uh, was in IT. Computer applications. I started out at Henry County Youth Center. Yeah. Um, and it was a good fit for me. I just came off active duty and, uh, it's just, you know, I was a non-commissioned officer and, those are the guys that you you know lead troops, and you're you're there with them, and um, it was a good fit for me for those those the kids out the youth center. So, what kind of uh, computer class were you teaching? Was it just the basics of here's this is Windows, or was it really we're processing? Up or there, kind of stuff more of a watered down uh, A plus. So it was programming. Down. No A plus, computer hardware, software. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Hmm. Yeah, okay. So then, is C plus a? Uh, that's a that's programming. Programming. Yeah, okay, there's my. You did that for nine years. No, I did that. I was there a year and a half, um, and then the, a position came open at the career oh, center. Okay, and actually, the youth center job was under. It fell under the career center. Um, oh, really? There were four four teachers, um, four of us out there, um, and um, it's the numbers were starting to go down, and uh, so most of us, when a, an opportunity became available, we'd we'd snag it. So. The one over the career center came available and I started teaching there in 2000, 2008. Was it the exact same type of class that no, you were teaching? No, it was, it was, it was more, it was definitely a, it was a solid PC hardware, software, and then, uh, intro to networking. Okay. To cool. your program. All right. So they would earn a certificate and then be ready to go. Yep. Entry level. Yeah. Go and did it, whatever. Was, a. Uh, was Robert Hobbs? Yeah, was Bob. he the yeah. the the guy for the whole time that you were at the career center? Yes. So he was. He's your predecessor, right? Right. So okay. he was the he is the second ever career center director. Beverly Hankinoff was the first director. 
Um, Career Center was established 1972. Mm. And, uh, really? I yeah. didn't realize the history yeah. is that, that long. Yeah. Um, prior to that, schools were responsible for their own technical training. And it's very expensive to buy lathes and uh, welders. Welding and those, equipment. Right, absolutely. Like that for shop classes. So uh, the state of Indiana uh, legislature divided up. CTE districts were District 27. Um, and basically, uh, that way, we they developed these districts, and uh, the surrounding the schools in that in that county would feed into the career center. You create a co-op essentially did, of yeah, the local school corporations, yeah. and um, mm-hmm. and ours is uh, initially started with five schools, and um, and now we're up to eight. Right. Um, so right now you've got Newcastle, Blue River, Blue River, Shenandoah, mm-hmm. Charles A. Beard, yep. Eastern Hancock, Yep, Try. Who else? Union, Union, and maybe Hagerstown or who? Hagerstown, Nettle Creek. Yes, there you go. Yeah. Man, I'm pretty good at this. You are pretty good at this. So, and uh, when I study? first started, had about 260 students, and we're just shy of 600 now. So, 600 now. Yeah, Union's okay. a bit of a trip. Those guys have got that's a commitment. Yeah, I mean they're, they're 10 minutes beyond Blue River, right? I mean they're 25 minutes in at least. And and we'll uh, sometimes we'll get to. Forty to fifty percent of one of their class sizes. That's amazing. It's like eleven kids, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it is one of the smallest school corporations so, in the state. So but. when we talk to them, we'll say we're you know we, we appreciate the you know you sending it you, you send it percentage wise you send us the most the, the most students out of all of them. So that you would say that that was a a pretty good move for the state legislature to divide um, the state up yeah. into those districts. It's it's um. You know, equipment's expensive, and, and schools, you know, obviously schools struggle, and I, I, they probably always have struggled financially. And and we can we, we can pull together like that. We um, we're funded through federal grants, state grants, um, a lot of federal grants, though, um, and then uh, tuition. So the schools pay tuition to send students to us. So. Okay. So how does so you go from teaching and being responsible for one class mm-hmm. and needing to, you're an IT guy, right? You yep. have to worry about IT. Yep. And the next thing you know, you're worried about veterinary science and welding. Yes. How yeah. does that change your world? So, and be, to all of a sudden, uh, every you've got 19 programs, right? At that time, or 18 programs. 18, yeah. Um, so when I left active duty, I had 30. There again, I had about 30 soldiers. And in, in the military, I mean, you know, you're. I mean, you're dealing with family issues and financial issues of your soldiers. And and I was, I was just, I. I don't want to say I was tired of leading, but I, I just wanted a little break from that. And so teaching was a good fit for me. And uh, just being in charge of my classroom and not all these world problems. And um, so uh, I, I did that for about six years, and I, I enjoyed it. Made a lot of you know, a lot of friends and, you know, stu- students that I had, ver- you know, 10 years ago, you know, call friends today. Um, but the position and opportunity – came available uh, when the assistant director left. And uh, I, at that time I was like, oh, maybe I want to do something a little different because in the, in the army you're always, you know, I was moving every two to three, four years. You're not used to the stasis of yeah. six years of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, uh, so I took the assistant director's job and, and uh, I did that for a year and a half. And I say a half a year because uh, Bob Hobbs retired in middle of the middle of the year. Um, and I enjoyed it. It was, uh, you really, when you're looking at the big picture like that and you see 
the different things you're doing with, with all the programs um, and see the successes, uh, you know, just going from a, a small group of successes to, to, you know, 600 almost. That's So, so 600 students? Uh, just shy, yeah. And you, you get them how many years of school? Two years or four years? How, what, one to two. One yeah. to two years. Well, we mostly two, but we have some programs that are just one, you know, like EMT. It's a one year program. Health careers. It's a one year. Uh, we started a CNA program and they can take it as a junior. Um, and we, we, that's a new program we started this year. And we were typically it takes a few years to fill a class up and uh, we filled it up for two weeks. Uh, it was quick. So. Yeah. That's, it seems like it would be incredibly popular. Yeah, and it's, uh, there are a lot of, and you know, these, these students are typically going to go on to, uh, health, health careers their senior year and then go into a medical field, uh, after that. And it's a good way for them to get their patient contact hours, um, and, uh, really get in there to see if they're going to enjoy it. We, you know, we've had, um, we've had students that they do one day at clinical and they're like, mm, I don't want, I'm, <laughs> I'm out. out. Yeah. yeah. So when that happens, do they have the opportunity to, you know, start your senior year and you say, I want to be a nurse. And then they go and all of a sudden I, I realize I'm, I don't want to do a whole year of this. Right. What's a student do? Well, so <clears throat> they would stay, actually we keep them in, in health careers and it's very broad. I mean, we're talking pharmacy to, to mortuary, uh, phlebotomy. Uh, I mean, just so if, you know, maybe, maybe they don't want to work in maternity. I mean, that's where we've had them. And so we'll put them, We'll say, okay, what's your second choice? And then they'll go to pharmacy. Mortuary. Then it's, yeah. I want to go from and it's typically, to mortuary. It's typically the mortuary to something else. <laughs> um, so, uh, but, uh, so we, we still keep them and, you know, just, uh, I mean, but, but what better time to figure that out that you don't well, want to do something? That's, that's the, where I was going to go with this is yeah. that it's not, you're not spending your first year or two of college and, yeah. and, and taking classes that are coming exactly. out of pocket and you're accruing student loans where you realize, I absolutely did not want to get into this. Well, that's kind of what happened with you, with your health sciences class and physical therapy. Yeah. <laughs> was that discovering through your vocational class, I don't want to go to school for physical yeah, therapy. Yeah, and it's broad enough, like the class, whenever I was doing it, I don't know how it is now, that like we were learning all the same thing and just doing clinicals like that were separate. So like I still learned the same as what all the people doing CNA we're doing or all the people we're doing phlebotomy we're learning we we do five dual credit classes mm-hmm. through ivy tech and medical terminology but if you're doing anything in in, in the health careers field health career field mm-hmm. you everyone has to know medical terminology yeah so it's really and anatomy physiology yeah but i had to do physical therapy i did it the whole year and i still went to college and thought i was going to do it <laughs> and then i was like no <laughs> but so my whenever i did uh, the career center. Uh, we did the open houses. I don't know if you guys still do that. Yes. And uh, they allow whenever you're a sophomore and you're thinking about doing a taking a career center's uh, class your junior year, you can go to the different open houses and see kind of what they do and meet the teachers and everything. And I went to graphic design, engineering, and the building trades and I went to the graphic design and then I thought about it and I was like, I want to do the graphic design because I have a lot of fun in mm-hmm. my graphic design class. I was in as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. I was like, but I, I know a lot of this, uh, so I'm not going to gain much. 
Right. So then I decided I wanted to do building trades. We walked through the apartment that they were um, remodeling at the time. And I was like, this is really cool. Like these guys are building something. So I just decided to jump in there. So was that uh, the apartment, uh, Dave Nance? Yeah. Okay. Dave yeah. Nance. Yeah. And it was, was a great uh, project. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. So you can, you can see why as a, as a young sophomore in high school, I was blown away that, Hey, next year I could be doing something like this. And then the next, I don't, year, I don't have to be sitting in a classroom all day yeah. long. I can actually be, be yeah, contributing exactly. to building something. And we, we find that, um, you know, those students that are really high academic students, when they come to us it, outside of health careers, but if they take a class like a building trades or they, it's sometimes it's hard for them, the, the hands on piece, because academically they do real well taking tests, studying, but to, to do the hands on piece, they, they can struggle. And I think that's where those that were in the reverse, you know, going through school, you know, they, I think they enjoy that. They, they shine and, um, yeah. You know, well, in my, in my trade, you know, I work, I listen, I don't, my hands don't get calloused, right? I'm a salesman. <laughs> uh, but the folks in my industry and my customers, a lot of them are estimators. So they, they're, they're people that built, you know, they built con- construction projects mm-hmm. for 15 or 20 years and they've gotten that field experience. And a lot of times you'll have an engineer that gets into that immediately that comes in, they become an engine, but they don't have any field experience. Yeah. And that's one of the, you know, if you get guys on a job site, (laughs) if you get guys on job sites when they're sophomores, juniors, you know, seniors in high school, now you're instantaneously building in that field awareness, uh, which can help them 10, 15 years down the line in their careers. And a lot of them, you know, in like, for example, machine trades, they'll, they'll say, I want to be an engineer, go to Purdue or, um, and, but, you know, they, they're getting that practical experience in, in class and it's, they can, you know, they can apply it a little better. Um, you, whereas most engineers at Purdue probably cannot. You can, you can, yeah. you can, you well, can make a drawing, but you can't actually yeah. install it or operate right. it or, or yeah. build what's on your drawing. That was, that was one of the main reasons I did building traits is because at the time I had this thought where I, I might want to be an architect. Okay. Is what I might want to, is what I was thinking I was going to, go to college for. And so I was like, I'll do building trades and then I'll have the trade experience and then I'll go to school to be an architect. And then I got into building trades and I really just discovered like, I even went to like orientation and things at IU East before I was like, you know what? No, this isn't right. And it was, I was talking to Trevor Stout Mm -hmm who was my instructor at the time. And he set me up with a, a job shadow with a, a electrical company called Cummins electric in Richmond. Yeah. I did that. And then he, I got on as an apprentice in Muncie. So it was, it became to where it was like, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So it was like, it would be stupid to spend money on school. At, I don't, I think it, it's so pushed that you have to go to school that I think that these um, programs like like building trades, like um, uh, machine trades, like welding, all those are one of the most valuable things that a high school kid can can get the experience at doing right now. When I when I went when I graduated, I I was not a career center student, and I I, I regret that, and because I can I look at the programs we have, and I, I say, well, you know, I, I would have really enjoyed doing that. Um, but you know, it all works out and you live, you learn, but 
yeah. you know, it, it, a lot of successes and we're, we're placing a lot of kids in apprenticeship programs. Uh, we have direct link to the, um, the uh, Carpenters Union and Greenwood and the Millwrights Union, um, that, uh, kids, students can graduate in, into May, June and be there for a few weeks and then be on a job site, job site by the end of July. One of yeah. the things we talked about the number of school corporations you pull from, mm-hmm. um, I volunteer with Henry County 4-H in the junior leader program and we pull kids. We're one of the only 4-H programs that gets kids from all over the county together. And I think that helps our club with getting diversity. You don't just have Newcastle kids or Knightstown kids. That's something in the high school experience that you guys have that is unique as well as you're able to pull those 600 kids together in your program from all over the area. Um, and I'm sure that they, they learn from each other and develop relationships that they probably wouldn't otherwise. We're talking they're 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 in each other's weddings. I yeah. mean when they when they you're right, they're 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 three hours a day together. So, you know, unlike a, a typical act, uh, class over in the high school where you're just there fifty, fifty five minutes and you really don't get to know, you know, the people in your class. Uh, maybe you know in the smaller schools you would, obviously. But um but to be in a class for three hours and, and also to be in a class where everyone has an interest in being there. You know, not everyone is interested in being in that math class or that English class, but everyone's interested in being in the building trades class because they've all had to apply. They've gone through an interview and uh, to be accepted. And then they, they're working three hours a day together. And it's not just in that class either. I have, I mean, I have friends that uh, did different classes in the career center, but because they were good friends with someone in building yeah. trades, we had that, you know, that time between, the end of our vocational class and before we had to go back to high school right. to grab lunch so that we would see all those folks and you would eat lunch with those people. And I'm still great friends with a guy that went graduated from Eastern Hancock, mm-hmm. but he did the broadcasting okay. vocational class. So it's, I mean, it's a whole community in the, the does, career Does he center. know about your hit podcast now? <laughs> <laughs> I think so, yeah. Did you go further in, in broadcasting than he did? Have you checked up at all? <laughs> uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> just picking on him. I have, I have no idea who it is, so I'm just being a, I'm just being a terrible, terrible person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but, think I, it might be the same for you, but since we graduated from the same school, but it was so small that I feel like, Going to Newcastle was almost like the college experience for me before okay. I went yeah. to college. Exactly. Like you meet different people that you've never seen before and then you have like bigger classes and like just a bigger campus. I think yep. that was probably the best for me. So for you, Audrey, you went to, everything was housed in Newcastle. So you, that was your. Oh, well, I went to the hospital for my program, but then I had to take pre-cal because it wasn't offered at my school. So I was exposed to. We don't the do actual... pre-calculus at Tri High. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah, it's just it the just, hours. That they fit. only had like one class during the day, so I had to do it at Newcastle. But so that yeah, that was my senior year as well. My senior year, I went to uh, the building trades job site for the the morning class, and then the afternoon I went to Ivy Tech and took those classes, and then I went to Newcastle High School for the pre-calculus class. So I graduated from Tri High, but my entire senior year, I didn't step foot in the building. We have a, we have a lot of seniors that are, that are, that are still doing that mm-hmm. and um, uh, doing our class and then going to Ivy Tech and then coming back for, for anatomy physiology or, or one of those, one of the programs at the high school. Um, they, you know, they, the schools have a great relationship. Um, 
here in the county. Um, and uh, we've had 15 to 20 students, county students, taking Newcastle classes. And, you know, and you would think that, especially now where school, when schools are competing, you know, for students, that that would be a problem. But it's, 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 that's, Overall, it's what's best for the student. At some point, you're you're worried yeah. about the kids, and you yeah. let the accounting take care of itself, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because um, you're sending them an invoice for the kids anyway. Absolutely. The schools the schools yeah. are paying for you, and, so you're covered. And we're and we're still, <laughs> you know, we're, we're definitely a bargain for what the the students are getting. Health careers now is over at the, the the Danielson Center. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago, well, last year, um, well, two years ago, I I stopped having classes out there, and it's so it's entirely your. It's yeah program. Yeah, we have uh, CNA and uh, two sections of health careers and the co-op program meets there. So, and that was that was built as as a college facility, right? Yes, it is. I mean that that's what yeah. that building was. That before Ivy Tech located in Newcastle, that was the one location. Yep. You know, when I was eighteen years ago or so, when I was graduating, that was my the one location I could have gone to college yep. in Newcastle. Uh, a lot's changed since then, but that's it's an excellent facility. So, real quick, um, I, I've written it down on the show notes. If you're a Patreon member, you get show notes ahead of time. But uh, I have a list of the 18 different programs um, that, just for anybody that's listening, uh, you guys have advanced manufacturing. Um, what are your students doing in the advanced manufacturing class? We're not running advanced manufacturing this year. It, you know, this is a, really is a a manufacturing town and, 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 and it has been for, you know, over a hundred years. Um, but that's a hard class to fill up for three hours. And, uh, yeah. um, and not a lot of 17 and 18 year olds have aspirations of being you know, working <laughs> a in a factory, factory. worker. So, yeah. but it's, it's not that. And, you know, and it, but it's, but it's hard to, you know, there, you know, Chrysler moving out and, and all those, Companies that moved out. You've um, such diversity in programs that that's yeah. not the one that they're right. choosing, yeah. right? And we have to, you know, you know, the schools are our customer and we're, you know, we can't have a class with, you know, four or five students in it and, and right. you know, with the expenses that go with that. And, um, so we're not doing advanced manufacturing this year. Um, but we're, we're asking the county schools to pick it up as a one credit class and it's become pretty popular just doing the, a, a one hour. Um, oh, okay. So, so that's neat. So yeah. the, the county classes have the option to pick yep. it up. So we, uh, so all CTE courses that are offered, whether at the career center or the, or at the, the high schools, uh, we manage those and we assist the, the, those, we assist those schools and, you know, uh, setting up pathways and, you know, what, what, what course sequence they should be doing to, um, you know, to, to hopefully lead into a career. And, um, so we, uh, you know, we, we give them advice. Computer science is a big one now. Um, and Newcastle started offering it this year, uh, but Eastern Hancock's offered it for uh, two, three years. And um, but you know we they get reimbursement from the state for taking those courses, and and uh, you know they'll ask for our guidance, and we'll say, okay, that's a high reimbursable course. That maybe something you want to look at, um, but you can't always look at the money because just you know like advanced manufacturing, it's a high reimbursable course from the state. But like I said, not a lot of high school kids are really wanting to do that. Right, so it might not yeah. be worth their time. Yeah, but when but a lot of times when they get in a facility, um, then they're like, okay, this isn't bad. Um, we have TS Tech, we have Crown Equipment. Uh, they come in and work with our students a couple of days a week, side by side, and we do tours of those facilities. And then they start to to get it's not that dirty, grimy facility that right. their parents or grandparents had. Which I think did. that Audrey's brother um, 
did something uh, in that class, and he took tours of uh, a couple of the factories around here with well, it. Audrey has a very concerned look with, on her face that she's what, and she should not be expected to f- finish this story. I know, I know. <laughs> and uh, you talk to him more than I do. <laughs> and uh, he, but he got a lot out of. It. He thought yeah. that the experience was really, really neat. Especially, he loved going to see the Crown Factory, especially because I mean. The Crown Factory being the old, uh, it, where Chrysler was, mm-hmm. is kind of just a local monument, yep. right, to our landmark. city's Let's say history. landmark. Let's be more optimistic. <laughs> landmark. <laughs> well, there's a monument there to yep. the old building. But um, you also have broadcasting that we talked about a minute mm-hmm. ago. Which State-of-the-art is, studio, matter of fact. Yeah. They got a little bit higher quality stuff than what we have. but And so, actually more than some radio stations do. Oh really? Oh yeah, it's it's a. I mean, you need to go there. It's it's a great great program. Is this an official invitation? Absolutely. All right. <laughs> Anytime. We have a lot of rock, a lot of rock memorabilia there, and uh, that's fantastic. We, we might have to go and and do a show during the summertime whenever the kids aren't there. <laughs> well, in the summer we're on autopilot, so uh, there's nobody there. We dang. just want to break in and play with the equipment. We don't need. We don't care. You're if the director. The yeah, we, no, we can go. <laughs> He wants a summer off. Don't ruin, don't ruin <laughs> yeah. his summers by by I, your request for a vanity trip. I don't, I don't get a summer <laughs> off. I'm a, a full year employee. So we also have a connection to the broadcasting with our great friend uh, Paul Paul Fabric, who's a good friend of the show. Then you all have the Building Trades program, which is of course where I came from, which I still think is a, a great program. Our third Habitat House. Yeah. So. We built. We built. Um, we'll, we'll get to that story. In a we're, second. we're developing a posse. Uh, Mike Broyles also wants to go on the field trip with us. So he's uh, <laughs> the chat is getting lively with things. Everybody wants to. We're just going to have to rent the uh, <clears throat> the slick pickle and uh, and take a lap around Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, we do. We have to rent it. And then the computer operations class mm-hmm. is that the class that you taught? I did. Yes. Okay. And it, is that held at um, at the Career Center's it building? Is, yeah, the main building. Okay. And then cosmetology. Uh, our main building, yes. Do you sub okay. for that class sometimes? Which one? Cosmetology. <laughs> I, I sub for all of them. Yeah. Today I was in preschool. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there you so go. we had uh, about 10 preschoolers there. And uh, so it was, it's fun. Yeah. But uh, cosmetology, yeah, it's, that's a blast. I, I have no reason to go there. But... <laughs> they can do like facials. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Facials, nails. So, I mean, you can have, there's all kinds of things you could have. You could have them teach you how to do. And that was, that would be an awkward moment for me. Um, <laughs> We, uh, so, you know, when I first became the director, I'm like, I want to get in with the students. I want to be engaged. And I still am. But so in cosmetology, I'd go down once a week and I'd have them do my fingernails. <laughs> and, uh, better than your toenails. Yeah. Oh, I, w- I, wouldn't, I wouldn't put them through that. Um, but, you know, after about two minutes, then it, it's an awkward moment. But they, you, you run out of things to say. <laughs> yeah. Like so, we, mm-hmm. like we talked about on the Patreon side. Yeah. And you so, can't just, drop your fingernails no. off they've you've really yeah. got to stay unlike yeah. the patreon where you could have walked away yeah. <laughs> and i you know i couldn't pull my phone up to you know that's that's right yeah. because so. you got to use your hand <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> another student can come by and hold your yeah. phone can please you please swipe please? for me yeah we're, we're trying to tell them to not pull their phones out you know yeah. so it's yeah but the cosmetology program is really neat because they get a certification right uh, right so well they have to over two years they have to earn 1500 hours before they the, can take the opportunities the, there. Yes. And the last four years, we've had a hundred percent pass rate on licensure. 
So the, the, the teacher in there, she does a great job. But it's pretty much dependent on how much work the students themselves want to put yeah. into it. Yeah. yeah. And we track it. I mean, we're, I mean, she's really good about saying if a student gets behind and, um, but, uh, uh, they, uh, yeah, they senior year at the end of the year, they go take the, they'll do their practical hands-on exam and we bring, um, licensed cosmetologists that are, uh, certified to teach. Uh, we'll bring them in and they'll test our students on the practical, the hands-on stuff. And then they'll go down to Indianapolis a few weeks later and do the uh, written examination for okay. licensure. So, and then culinary arts, yep, which I'm sure is a big hit around your building. It is. It, for example, um, two days ago, I, I go in and there's a pig laid out. I mean, snout everything. I mean, and we had the guy, the executive chef from the uh, Indiana Grand um, Casino. I heard about this. Yeah, and uh, so he uh, he. Did a demonstration on how to to, to prep, uh, prep and process, and, um, and then that they made uh, sausage gravy, homemade sausage gravy, with the, from the pig. wasn't big enough to have bacon. That's my favorite is the bacon. But, well, that's that's a little more yeah. involved. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, wow, that's that's incredible. Yeah, because uh, I mean, my dad and I have been um, looking at taking uh, butcher classes together and paying for the classes in Indy. They're not cheap. No, and we do some adult classes like that at night. And you know, Steve Vitito did the welding, and um, and yeah, we're doing. We're actually going to start barbering in August. Uh, oh, evening well, barbering one class. Of the, one of the uh, barber shops that I frequent is looking for a barber right now. Yeah, so there's yeah. an instant opportunity all over. And um, so uh, our, but we brought that up to. I brought up to our cosmetology teacher a couple years ago, and she went uh, last summer. And uh, got her certification to teach barbering, and uh, very cool. So it's not it's it's we're going to to be able to do it in the evening. Um, so it will be licensed cosmetologists that want to get their barbering endorsement. It's an additional five hundred hours, uh, but they can test out of a lot of it. The, the amount of hours that are required to be crazy, a cosmetologist right? or a barber. Maybe Clay will finally be able to have a straight razor. <laughs> I doubt it. And that's the, he's, that's he's, the hard he, one is the straight. They have yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I ask how they. I ask her how they. How how do you practice that? Because surely you just don't like start on a start on a live human. And she said they <laughs> use a balloon. They, they take it. No, that makes sense. They take a, a mannequin head and they press Play-Doh on it. Yeah, and then that way they can get the angle. And I have an yeah. uncle who went uh, went to the Indiana Barber College, and uh, he had a mannequin, and they had it for the whole semester. So you can't go backwards, right? You're just yeah. going shorter and shorter and shorter until it looks like. Uh, something from the the kids, the kid on Toy Story. <laughs> I figured uh, out of be, his garage. I figured it would be similar to like tattoo artists practicing on pigs, on pig skins. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, but whatever. <laughs> and then you, you also have uh, the dental careers uh, to your program. Yeah. Do you um, have a dentist, or you just have kids work on you? Uh, no, I have a dentist. <laughs> and but our, I. our but <laughs> I've had students actually work on me in the dental office. Because they, you know, all of our programs have typically have an internship component, and those students will go work in the local dentist office. And uh, I went in and I had one of our students uh, one year. She did uh, did my my checkup and did X ray, and so it was it was good uh, good moment to photograph and you know market the career center. Always looking at content. Yeah. We think alike. Yeah. There's uh, nobody is safe from a selfie. With and me. they no. also get a certification. Uh, so. When they do, it's a dental assisting program, and then when they uh, when they complete the program, they they get a certificate um, 
of completion and then they go and work in industry and after a certain amount of time, then they can get their dental assisting license. Uh, but it's all on the job training after. Um, okay. And, but we do also do that. We, uh, uh, we bought a 3d, um, imaging, um, uh, camera, whatever. And, uh, so now they're doing, they're getting certification in 3d imaging, which is actually a pretty really big deal. Neat. Yeah. Uh, that's what that's, and we do that adult for adults also. Uh, in the evening, that's another one of our adult classes. Education careers. Um, that's the, the preschool that you were talking about earlier. My yep. sister, um, she was part of the education careers class. Yep. Um, now she's at Ball State and she's going to be graduating this year and in early elementary education. Okay. So, so it's a, we, it's a two year program and the first year you can do either the early childhood education, which is like K through two or P through two. School through second grade, and then we have the education professions, which is the uh, the uh, up through sixth grade. Um, EMT and public safety. Yep. You guys just got the brand new building for that. Yep. So we uh, we were at the the old Green Street facility, and it was a it was a nice facility. It was big, and um, but there's there's not an elementary school there anymore. And so and we took over the Danielson Center, and I moved EMT there for one year, and it was too small for what for what they were for we're doing so they were there for one year and then now we're down at the other location plenty of room and they're there yeah, with uh, awesome. emt ems people so yeah the people who are doing the careers yep. that they're interested in um let's see engineering mm-hmm. which we talked about earlier they are doing the uh, they're building a electric car again right yes uh, hyper efficiency we uh, we're doing electric we're doing a we're doing a gas doing we do the battle bots Oh yeah, the battle bots. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, facility maintenance. Yes. Which our friend Brett Smith. Yeah. He teaches that. Um, w- my first year in building trades, we built Brett's house. Yes. So that's how I know Brett. <laughs> hey, you, you can't forget Brett. That's no. a good, that's a really good perk of work. If you come work there and then they'll just build your house for you. Yeah. And he, yeah. so we built his house and then he also, um, so, he also had us would hire some of us to come on the weekends mm-hmm. and he, he helped <laughs> like help him do the landscaping at the new house and stuff. So yeah, he's a character. He is. He's fun. He's a good guy. Um, graphic design. We talked about earlier mm-hmm. as well. That's a really cool, um, program. If I had taken that, maybe I wouldn't have so many struggles with the videos I was talking about earlier. <laughs> <laughs> um, health science education. So that, that encompasses all of them, right? Yeah, it's except for the EMT and public safety one. Well, we have health science, and then we now we have CNA, which is CNA is a separate class. Oh, okay, so but there's that that health science is an umbrella for so many yeah. subcategories. Mm-hmm. So I I found out there was a a girl um, who graduated maybe two or three years after I did, and she was going into mortuary science, mm-hmm. and I thought. <laughs> interesting <laughs> not for me at all and that's another one we we had a we had a, a student a couple of years ago that um, she just decided she didn't want to do it um to work with patients and it wasn't so we actually placed her in healthcare administration oh and cool so in the office so it was yeah it was i mean we, we were, those teachers do a great job finding finding clinical sites for those students all right so you might not you might not be comfortable working with the patients, but if you're still interested in the medical field, this is what we can do for you. Yep. Um, ICE Cooperative Education. So the senior only 
class, no students. They uh, they take their their academic classes at their their high school in the morning, and then the afternoon they'll uh, they'll work up to twenty hours a week, or at least twenty hours a week. What does ICE stand for? Interdisciplinary Cooperative Education. Okay, that is what, what Josh. Yeah, does. Okay. Audrey's brother yep. is currently doing that right now, and uh, Dave Allen teaches that. He works. Um, he works half of his school day at uh, Crazy Horse Hops in Ninestown. Okay. So it's so they get it's in, been great for him. They get into some sort of a workforce and yes. kind of get to specialize. Yes, for and kids just go. that hate school is <laughs> great. It's well, it's just like the building trades thing that we were talking about earlier. Kids that might not excel in academic areas, but do really well working with their hands, finding things that they're good at, and uh, developing a passion for those things early on. That. It's incredibly helpful. And then I assume that that um, the the company that they go work for the facility they've got some structure to what they're doing or yeah. the time that they're there. So we have a licensed teacher uh, that that manages that program. They they come in actually with us one day a week and they turn in all their paperwork, their their timesheets, so to make sure they're meeting their requirements and their evaluation forms from their employer. Um, that teacher he, he's even though he's only with the students half a day. One day of the week, the other four days, he's he's traveling around. He's checking in. Yes. Yeah. And he's required to do that. And there's probably one of the thickest manuals that uh, that's tied to a class for, for teachers or administrators is the work-based learning manual. It's like this thick state. I'd know. imagine there's some rules yeah. of you yeah. can do this, can't yeah. do that. Yeah. And, and, yeah. So, and those are all paid paid jobs. They're, they're nothing unpaid. <laughs> And then machine trades, yes, which is another really cool one. Yep. One that, whenever as I look back on my high school career, it's it's something like I loved my time in building trades, but taking machine trades or like welding yep. would have been just as valuable for me because that stuff is like magic to me. Watching our what uh, they do, watching our chat room right now, I know there's a number of machinists that are that are in here watching and, and paying attention. Yep. Yeah, there's uh, one very prominent one. Well, yeah, there's another one. That my <laughs> my uh, I got an uncle in here as well oh, who's okay. a who's a machinist in uh, in Noblesville. We oh. um, that's another. It's you know we it's uh, it was a dying class for us about eight years ago, and we spent about a half million dollars and revamped the class and uh, new machinery. Um, and you know, built some great partnerships uh, with Crown and and I can't even just so many. You guys do something with uh, Magna. Yep, uh, Mike Broyles, uh, his old his yep. old facility, yeah, Magna uh, there in Messick, yeah. on Messick Road. Um, we uh, we have it's, it's, one it's intern the, there now. It's the northern border of Messick. Mes- the commu- the metropolitan yeah, okay. of Messick probably <laughs> almost gets there. I'm a Messick kid growing up, so yeah, that's a. Um, so, it's so it, finicky. Two <laughs> cents. It's close. It's close. Mike was in the Mike was in the, the at the career center last week, and he walked past a poster student of the month, and he was at a Magna, and uh, we spelled Messick wrong. Oh, damn it. <laughs> I'm M-E- sure that he's and it's get it right, people. There's like 200 words in the paragraph, <laughs> in the paragraph, and he was able to that one. Yeah. So you guys, Mike and I are from the same cloth. Yeah. I can yeah. find I can find it instantaneously if something's horribly wrong. Uh, marketing and sports entertainment. Yep, that's the one we were talking about earlier. That it's at try. Yep, and we've uh, you know, we've done the students will work with you know, one one year we worked with uh, an author and uh, worked on his social media and our students and it was they really enjoyed it. The students would meet him at, at Cafe Royale and sit down with him and 
we were his uh, his marketing team. Um, Is that uh, uh, Mark Kersman? Yep. yep. Yeah. And his his daughter I, was in our graphic design class, I believe. Yeah, Joy. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And she did all the covers for his yep. books, and then the marketing team uh, marketed his books. The um, that group I think has also worked with the Henry County Expo Center and yep. developed developed some really neat logos and yep. stationery and letterhead and. They went uh, they went wild with that about a little over a year ago. Indianapolis Indians. Uh, I don't know if there's still a, a farm team, a baseball team in Richmond that we did some work with them in, in previous years. So neat. Yeah. And then vet science, yeah. which uh, based on your Facebook is your favorite class. It is. Oh, yeah. it's my favorite class. I used to go down there and visit all the time. Dog therapy. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's uh, my daughter's in that class this year as a junior and uh she really i mean she really likes it it's great hands-on experience uh two weeks ago last week they were dissecting pigs mm-hmm. um and we, yeah we keep, we keep a box of pigs that they're much one. they're much quieter that yeah. way mm-hmm. and then uh in so next you, month we'll so you've got class. pigs in two classes you've yeah. got them in the culinary yeah. sciences and yeah that and if it wasn't for the formaldehyde you know i would like to take it <laughs> yeah down to just reuse it cheaper yeah. yeah and then you know and then they then they do their culinary would do their thing with it and then we would sell it to staff and be perfect and make our money back. Yeah. I mean, so Purdue has that where they have, they have an on-site slaughterhouse uh, <laughs> and then they also have a, a meat counter as well. So they've got the whole thing at Purdue. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. And the bad uh, Mason dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. But uh, when I, when I taught the IT class, um, w- part of my job responsibilities outside of teaching was the, was the network administrator for the career center. And, uh, during the day I would have send students to classes to take care of, you know, minor things. And I always would, when I knew they were dissecting cats or pigs, I would send students down there to take care of an issue. And they didn't, you know, these, these are the IT guys. They have you know, not, they're they not, could play yeah. Call of Duty and see that blood on the screen, <laughs> but they can't handle it when they go and they see, you know, the guts and on the table there. So it's pretty gross. Yeah. It was, it's fun. <laughs> so I that's how, you know, we got to, so that's, 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 that's how you hilarious. take your joy during that's the day. That's the army thing. You know, that's that. <laughs> The, the the army piece the mm. yeah yeah go find me some pricky sixes <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and then the last on the list because it's in alphabetical order is welding yes that's why it's last <laughs> who just they just got a brand new teacher yep. our friend yep. Stephen he he ditched you Ron, yeah Ronnie Perrin is the, the new teacher and he's um, he's uh, uh, has a lot of great experience different experience more fabricating and welding. Um, he, he worked with a local, starting to say celebrity, uh, Butch Fairchild. <laughs> I worked with him a lot, and they uh, re- uh, rebuilt, uh, built uh, classic cars. Um, and uh, I, I, you know, anything, you know, welding's welding, and anything to get the students' attention. And you know, th- that student typically they like to mess with their cars and their trucks. Classic and, car, yeah. yeah. So uh, I, I'm, we're excited. Um, you know, he, he's. He's never been a teacher before, but he's been in industry. He actually started out in IT, and um, and then he went over to do what he's doing now. He's been doing it about ten years. But he would host a a, a camp in the summer and bring uh, uh, students through the camp in um, a couple days and just to get some hands on. To, to, so you know he's he has a passion for it. Are you guys uh, planning on continuing the adult education class? Yes. Yep. For that, I've heard nothing. But absolutely fantastic things about the adult education welding, and we run all those through uh, Ivy Tech, and uh, they're non-credit courses. But uh, we, the, the students register through Ivy Tech, and 
And, um, and then when they complete the course, they can, they'll get it. It's on a transcript. So if they're trying to skill up for their employer, um, they can take that and show that they, and some employers actually paid for that, that course. So, oh, that's great. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Father, son. Uh, talk to my employer about that. <laughs> <laughs> I know a number of the other uh, local, uh, local farmers that I've worked with uh, have gone through as well. I know Mark Wending went through and I think, yep. uh, uh, maybe, oh gosh, there, there's a number that I've, that I've hung out with that have, uh, have gone through it. And it's not just adults. 16's the youngest yeah. age. Yeah. Um, I think we may have had a 15 year old in there. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, but it was like a, his dad was in there too. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. So it's, I mean, if you are a student, which once again, Audrey's brother, uh-huh. who it, does the, uh, cooperative education, he does, he, decided that uh, he wanted to take some welding classes and signed up for the adult education welding class. And it, I mean, I just can't say enough for the opportunities that the career center provides young people in the County and the city of Newcastle. It's incredible. The, uh, the mentality's definitely changed over the last 10 years. Uh, usually the, the career center was where those students would go that necessarily didn't do well in, uh, in, they're, uh, I, I say non-CTE classes because I hate because our classes are just as academic as any of those classes. If you go to machine trades, they're doing trigonometry, right? And uh, you know, welding. They you know they have to you know they're learning about gases and you know just different things. And um, so I, I usually say CTE and non-CTE courses. Um, but uh, it's yeah, it's a great experience, and you know it's really true. Tr- uh, we've really turned it around, especially here. I mean, you know, we've near, we've nearly doubled our enrollment in ten years. Yeah. So, uh, parents see value in it. The the schools see value in it, and the students are seeing value in it. So, especially they know that they can get into a high wage, high demand job when they when they graduate. So, for sure, yeah. And that was one of the big concerns for uh, my parents whenever I um, said, you know what, guys, I think I'm going to actually sign up for building trades uh-huh. instead of engineering. Right. And they were like, you can't sign up for building trades because they're like, whenever they were in school, it was that, it, that's where the kids who caused all the trouble went. Yep. You and have to go to college to be successful. That was, yeah. the, that was the thought. And it's definitely, we still have that a little bit, but not so much anymore. I mean, I think really, yeah, public perception has really changed the last five years yeah. on that. I think it's yeah. been a very big deal. Yep. Um, so I, and it was, it was still really big whenever I was in high school, so I think it's been incredibly recent. Um, Rupert uh, Rupert Bonham started talking about it, talking about trades when he ran for governor uh, in 2012 with Libertarians, um, and Mike Pence kind of poll tested that and picked it up, and I think right. he started talking about it and promoting it in Indiana at that time, and really since 2013, 2014, I think it, it, the yeah. idea and the promotion of it has really become mainstream. Yeah. Our, our health careers class was all was was always popular. I mean, that was you know, um, but now you know, the, the the welding and the machining and the engineering, um, those are yeah just as popular. I got a four year degree and then went to work and still didn't make as much as what I thought I should Absolutely, be making yeah. with a four year degree. Yeah. A little upsetting. <laughs> so we we are we have students that that you know we're an early college career center and um, we're the third only in the state uh, to earn that designation. And there's a lot of data collection, a lot of visits, and um, from uh, our, the endorsing agency that that, that certified us and uh, to the university University of Indianapolis. 
Um, so uh, what that means is we're offering our students graduate with a, a diploma type. In Ivy Tech, we do a technical certificate and a certificate in uh, three of our programs now, and we're expanding that. Um, so we, you know, the first year we had maybe eight students that, that graduated with a, a certificate or technical certificate from Ivy Tech. Um, last year we had over 60. I think this year upwards of 80. Do you know the other schools, the other centers that have that certification? Up at uh, um, the uh, South Bend, the, the career center there is the other one that I know of, and then over at Ben Davis. Okay. All right. So really yeah. big markets. For, oh, yeah. We're, we're the only rule. Yeah, we're yeah. outkicking our yeah. coverage significantly yeah. having that yeah. in Newcastle. And Absolutely, yeah. And, you know, we uh, we do it's, you know we do not only Ivy Tech, we have a partnership with Vincennes University. And uh, because Ivy Tech doesn't offer everything, so right. graphic design, we have Vincent's dual credit. I'm a proud the, Ivy Tech graduate. Okay, yeah. the computer operations <laughs> is that still through Vincent's? No, it's Ivy Tech. Okay, so uh, that's a unique. We start something we started last year um, with the the new credentialing that the teachers have to get to do the dual credit classes. Um, welding, it's it's not so. I mean, this it's still you have to have the credentials to do it. But uh, when you get into business and information technology, the Usually, one of masters, and um, you're not. There's not a lot of IT teachers that have a master's degree that want to work for less than forty grand a year. Um, so we run, we run an online class um, uh, at the. So the students come in and they do that. The the Ivy Tech online piece. He teaches the curriculum. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we have a pre- one of the Ivy Tech professors will come in every couple weeks and. Uh, uh, work with the students, and it's worked out really well. Um, we're doing I have 14 dual credits in there now. So, all right. Is there anything else we uh, we we should be covering here that I've that we've omitted, Dakota? Yeah. Um, one thing that I think we need to cover um, is we talked about all the schools that can be put into the career center, but um, Jeremiah. Was homeschooled, <laughs> so I refer to myself as a sixth grade dropout. Um, we also have the um, the private Christian school here in Henry County. Um, are are those students able to enroll in your programs? So the the short answer is yes. Um, so we have a governing board that, that just it's like a school board that that manages you know that that that's over the career center. And there's rep, equal representation from each of the sending schools, and they've approved because you know, we don't fill all of our classes up, but they've approved uh, that we can offer that to uh, uh, students that are outside of our cooperative. So, uh, but you know, you know, with homeschool students, you know, the, the setback could be the tuition. So yeah, so they have because the school corporation that the student would usually come from covers the tuition. Yes, homeschool. Um, child parent whoever has to cover it yes is it the same for private school it well it would yes it would be uh, private schools they typically from my experience they they do not and we've we've had just a couple uh, we have a student that's at, at Shenandoah now that came from uh, private school over in Anderson um, and uh, they they didn't want to pay the tuition so okay uh, they enrolled so they enrolled homeschools pretty much are yeah. treated like they're private schools right it's the yeah. same same classification and yeah. since they don't have public dollars attached to them then yeah. you some at some level the funds have to be there even though that child would have been eligible for public funds yeah. because they don't count towards the count of that school 
there's a hole in the budget that needs to be filled. We have a, a building trade student this year that, that came from homeschool. His, his mother, we went to high school together, and they lived over, and in, they lived in Indianapolis. They've moved back here. But they, she wanted him to go through the career center, and it didn't want him to go through one of the largest schools in Indianapolis. And uh, he was homeschooled, and uh, he's in our building trades, and he's 14. I mean, it's wow. I mean, he, but so, but he's a ju- high school junior. Yeah. So it's yeah, typically very bright. <laughs> <laughs> awkward moment. Silence. It's, it's an awkward moment. <laughs> you know. I got, Silence as you my, try to figure out if Jeremiah is the exception to the rule or not. My parents raised uh, raised three salespeople uh, homeschooling. I, it, I don't know how it happened. We're all wildly different, yet we all. Uh, none of us boomerang back to mom and dad's house and, uh, three, three salespeople, one in, uh, one in machine tools, one in construction and one in agriculture. So I don't know. The, uh, so when this, this the school sends students to us, the, the state, we man, and like I said, we manage those CTE reimbursable courses and all of, all of our programs are CTE reimbursable. So, um, when they send a school to us and they, or when they send a student to us and they pay the tuition, the state will actually reimburse them for reimburse the tuition. Yeah, and sometimes it, it's, Equal to or even more than what they've paid to us. So okay, cool. Especially if they earn the, the like a technical honors diploma, um, there's money tied to that. So to me, it sounds like there's just absolutely zero downsides, only benefits to the career center in Newcastle. When uh, when will you <laughs> yeah. be erecting your micro statue? <laughs> I feel like all of the trade centers probably need a statue of micro, so like we, a doughboy yes, style. Another, I, I we have another, yeah, we have another uh, success. We had a, a, a micro scholarship winner from uh, it was a couple, three years ago. He's in the Marines now, and um, I don't know if you remember Judge Kellum. Mm-hmm. It's uh, his his grandson, and oh, yeah. um, he Hagerstown. So and he was another one. His senior, he didn't take a class at Hagerstown. It was all through us. That's awesome. So, but he so he went to Ivy Tech the next year to finish. Hit, Upwards of fifty credits with us. He did the Ivy. He went to Ivy Tech. Did the English and the the math and the speech, um, and then then uh, hours. And he did an online one also. And uh, he almost had an associate's degree. So I think he had to go a sem- two semesters. Yeah, uh, a, that's where I'm a at. full uh, you know a full uh, four, full load one semester, and then like maybe four six credits the the second semester. Yep, so, that's exactly where I'm at yep. with mine. I'm. Very close. (laughs) Our health science students typically leave with 30, 40 plus uh, college credit. So, yeah, it's well, it's not uncommon now to hear about kids that graduate high school with an associate's degree. And it's hard for a rural school to do that. I mean, you you really have to plan that from that freshman through senior year. And and I don't know if you remember when you were a freshman, you weren't planning that. No, I mean, no. you just weren't. And, uh, well, it was unheard of when yeah, I was yeah. in high school so uh, long ago. And well, and you know, with the health <laughs> careers, uh, that's another one we, with the Ivy Tech credential, we do the, we have a pre-nursing certificate through Ivy Tech and the students meet all the requirements, um, uh, when they graduate high school and they can go right into nursing school. And you, if you're, if you're familiar with those programs, you typically don't go right into a nursing program. There's uh, you have to meet some prerequisites, take a T's test, um, but there, um, and so you have to take a couple semesters of college before you can even in, apply to nursing school. But our our students are doing it right out of right out of high school. So we actually graduated uh, uh, this last last May, uh, December. Um, she was 20, and she's an RN. And wow. when she went out to with her her class to to celebrate, she was she couldn't drink. 
<laughs> so, she couldn't partake incredible. with incredible. So yeah. So but she's a and she's it, a full time RN now. You also get uh if based on your performance in in the Newcastle Career Center, you also have the opportunity to have a technical honors mm-hmm. diploma yep. uh whenever you graduate high school and that's so another $750 for a sending school that uh, if a student earns that technical honors, and typically they can only earn that technical honors if they come to us. You know what? Whenever my son starts going to try, they try out to just do everything for free because I made them so much money. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> try All of our schools are, I mean, but try is just, they're right up there. We get great students from try, uh, and, but all the schools, but um, we... Um, you know, they, they, they understand that it's what's best for the student. So yeah, for sure. It is. All right. Dakota. You think I we think should ask Guffy what he thinks? Final thoughts. I think so. We should check over there on the producer's desk. Yeah. I've only got, uh, one thing, two things really. First, uh, I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to, um, hype up, uh, Paige, my girlfriend. And the reason I'm going to, yeah. reason I'm going to do this is she's, because she's real. She is. <laughs> to a certain few people. Um, so usually, typically, Wednesday nights are our date night. We reserve those <clears throat> just for us. Um, we don't do anything with anybody else. And so I'm sitting at work, and I get a message. Minding your own business. Just, you know, just working, nothing else. And uh, so I get a message, and she goes, hey, do you do you want to bowl tonight, or do you want to do something in Indy? I'm like, well, what do you have planned in Indy? In the back of my mind, I know it's Oladipo, his return to the Pacers. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, is she right, going to ask Depot me? Home Depot is back. Home Depot is back. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, is she going to ask if I want to go to the Pacers game? Next thing I know, well, I can get three tickets to the Pacers game. I'm like, well, we could take two <laughs> and then... Uh, we could sell one. Yeah, well, we'll take two and we'll go. And she's like, well, he doesn't want to split them. I'm like, okay, well. So I asked Mason. Mason's at work. And then I asked Kevin. And next thing I know, Mason's out of work. Kevin wants to go. So now my uh, my usual standalone date night has turned into me, Paige, Kevin, and Mason driving to Indy to watch the Pacers play. And Mason had to sit all by him lonesome. <laughs> it was great. And then... uh so yeah, I, I I'm thankful that she's willing to sacrifice our typical date night to go watch Victor Oladipo make his return home, um, sending us into overtime to the win. He kept you out real late. It did. I I think I got he home. He just like, scalped that ticket and then used it to gamble. <laughs> <laughs> could have bet on the game. Ah, I did have a bet on that game, and though he came back and I'm glad about it. He did cost me some money. He only scored nine points instead of 10. Yeah. He needed 10. He only scored nine. He went one for seven from the three point line and he's scared to drive it to the paint. Scared. You, you learn totally different stuff. Uh, once you start having money on the game, the things that you didn't care about anymore. Now you really care about. Exactly. And then, uh, so, and then the second thing is I'm really excited for our trip to see Bert. This weekend, Bert in Kreischer. Dayton. Yep, uh, there's going to be a big group of us going, and I'm 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 excited about that. So that's all I got. We'll be signing autographs at the uh, Dayton Hooters at four o'clock. If anybody <laughs> wants to come by, <laughs> they're uh, what is it? What is the uh, what's the slogan? Uh, tastefully, they, they have a slogan. Yes, 
I just go for the wings. No, there was a uh, somebody. Somebody will come up with it in the chat. We should go to Twin Peaks. Tastefully fresh. I don't even remember what it is. I don't think they have a Twin Peaks in Dayton. We could try to find one. Yeah, Chris, did we miss anything? Uh, no, we're good. I appreciate the uh, appreciate you having me on, and I definitely appreciate the the check. Of course. Well, it's here, but I know it's implied. It's 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 promised. Dakota, do you need to check on Audrey? I feel like uh, I think she's on the phone. She may have had the baby in there. I I don't know. Maybe she's talking to Jackson. That's who she's talking to. (laughs) So, Lamb, are you not even going to mention the gifts that you brought us? What I, I, I was about to I didn't mention. know why I, I brought some I brought some career center we got some swag yeah some right. hats and some t-shirts and sweatshirt and uh um some fine cigars yeah, from my fine. from my humidor from Connecticut no that's Connecticut a... rapper <laughs> okay <I'm from> Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, wow why, oh, yes. why, uh, are they old bay flavored <laughs> I assume that you know from your picture that you know the with the 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 boss hog apparel. Yes, I, you, I, we, so well, we appreciate it. Was that, that a manufactured cigar or was that a hand rolled? Uh, I have a lot of I. That picture happened so fast. Yeah. I don't know how. Uh, Which picture? The, the old boss hog, uh, the original, yeah. 1.0. Oh, oh, wow, yeah, <laughs> that was a while ago. Early on, so it was early on in the concept. These are mild, so they won't make you sick. All right. So, well, I'll, I'll give one a try. Yeah. And there's Daco- four or five in there. And so. Dakota owes us. Uh, Dakota owes us some cigars here pretty soon. I do. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Chris, when when a man has a baby, what do you do? <laughs> you, you, yes. That was cigar. Yeah. You know, that was supposed to be for that diaper party that I never put. On. <laughs> <laughs> that I took a day off of work for, and then yeah. nothing happened. Yeah. Your box planned. And Delightfully out. tacky yet unrefined. Yeah. That's Hooter's slogan. Oh yeah. Yes. There we go. Hmm. Yeah, I was going to give a shout out to Chris for bringing the hats, the shirts, the cigars. Listen, our guests haven't been doing great in the gift department lately, <laughs> but Chris brought it all back around. <laughs> <laughs> he brought more gifts than we've ever experienced before. Um, I also wanted to say to give a shout out to Cade Coger because he um he he commissioned me to make a a plaque for a shoulder mount for a a, a deer shoulder mount and in the shape of the state of Indiana and I had trouble from the get go <laughs> so like it, gluing the pine together planing it sanding it that's fine that's whatever. It's the same process every time for that. Then I, I was like, how am I going to draw the state of Indiana so large? And I was like, oh, we'll get a projector. And uh, so Audrey's mom said that she had a projector. Traced it out. I got it. Um, it was an older style, so I couldn't hook it up to my computer or anything. So you have to it print like, it on a, uh, on a sheet. And I was like, oh, wait, we have a projector. There's one here. Here. So I drove up here and I got the projector. That projector is a piece of junk. Yeah, I okay? knew, we knew it was bad from the beginning. Absolutely junk. Um, I think that my dad gave it to me. He, that he had. I'm pretty sure it was stolen. From never somewhere. opened. Yeah. <laughs> he said that he had got it for work or something, or and never used it or whatever. And it was like one of those cheap Amazon finds, I think. And so then that didn't work. So then I had to freehand it. The, whole, the outline of the state of Indiana. Well, you did great. I was like, whatever. And it actually turned out pretty well. It wasn't that bad. 
uh, my old uh, shout out to Mr. Custer, my art teacher in high school. <laughs> and then after that, I was like, all right, the hard part's done. I'll just stick it on my my scroll saw, which is like a band saw, but it just goes up and down. It's not a band, for those that don't know. <laughs> and I was like, I'll just move it around. My scroll saw was too small. That's a lot to turn. Yeah. yeah. That's a big board. Well, the scroll saw is good for turning, but there's so much weight on the back end yeah. because it's so large that it just kept binding the blade. So I had to get out a little jigsaw. Did you do it by hand? You hand start hand cutting? Uh, my jigsaw worked pretty well, but it was just, it was very stressful to to build it because it was. Because the next thing you know, you cut Evansville right off. They just yeah. fall off into Kentucky. It was extremely stressful. And it, like the sanding was extremely stressful, sanding around all those tiny parts. I did most of it by hand and it was, but it turned out really, really well. So the pictures of the border on the Beezer Creek restoration page and yep. then Cade shared the Cade final, shared too. the final view. Yeah. So big shout out to Cade because it was, if, if I had the idea to do it my, for myself, I never would have tried it. So you're, uh, you're now dabbling in this and, and they can be commissioned. Oh yeah. You want such sure. a, such an item. Listen, I've had it. This has happened a couple of times that I've been pushed out of my comfort zone with these projects and it's, it's always turned out okay, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's just one of those things you just, uh, learn step by step like i have a good foundation in building things so it's once once you have that foundation you can expand on it and go oh wait no this is how it's actually supposed to happen and you know there's learning curves sometimes you have to waste the first couple of them and then you're like you learn from your mistakes but never would have been able to do it without the without your uh, career center your background (laughs) and how you got there so about three o'clock this afternoon, there was some big news. This is my final thought portion. Uh, some news that came across Andretti Autosport, uh, sent out a, a message to the world saying that, uh, that John Andretti had passed. And he's a guy that was obviously a, a race car driver, uh, from Indiana, uh, and had a background that was as diverse as anything you could get. Uh, guy ran. 24 hours of Le Mans in France. He ran the Bathurst 1000. He, he ran the 20, he won the Daytona, uh, 24, the Rolex 24 in 1989. Um, started the Indy 500 13 times. Um, won two NASCAR races. He was a drag racer. He's the most versatile driver of his era. He wasn't a champion in all of these series, but he was at the top of, of every level, right? From dirt cars to just across the board. So really a, a an accomplished racer. Uh, and from Indianapolis and this, my fandom of racing has been no secret for a long time on this show. Um, and that actually goes back to, to AM radio in Indianapolis, Dave Wilson and his, uh, his show on WIBC. Um, uh, and because John was a local Indiana guy, he would call in once a week and talk about what was going on in the NASCAR world. Um, and through that radio show and the communication and the, through this medium, through through broadcast, you really get to know somebody and appreciate them. Um, that that connection that you get is is phenomenal, and it, it can start, and you know, it, it can really start relationships whether you know them or not. So, uh, Dave would have John on. John was a NASCAR driver, and he would, you know, he was he was generally just a genuine guy and funny. Um, and somewhere along the line, Dave Wilson. Uh, Joe Stasniak, who played for the Colts, he was the sports guy. 
and their producer, they said, you know what? They were just picked. John would run bad, run bad. He would finish ninth. And the producer, the producer Chris over here, said, I could beat you. I'm better than you. So 23 years ago, John Andretti and these guys got together and they started a go kart race. They raised $4,000 the first year uh, in a race for Riley, Riley Children's Hospital. And they had fun and, you know, it was a live remote thing. And then John's sponsors started getting involved General Mills, Cheerios, Kroger. uh, And it grew and grew and grew. Uh, 23 years later, uh, they raised $4 million for Riley Children's Hospital. So amazing. Um, and in addition to that, John was a, uh, he was involved with, uh, St. Jude's Children's Hospital, had a real appreciation. His last Indy 500 was 2011, uh, the hundredth running of the race. So there's a book on the uh, table here called the stinger. Uh, and John had a car built and he drove it around to, uh, in his trailer. Uh, and he got every living driver to sign it, everybody, right? So Mario Andretti, AJ Foyt. If you started the Indy 500, your signature was invited to be on the thing. Uh, and they sold it at auction in 2016 for a million dollars for St. Jude's. Wow. So the guy raised $5 million for charity. So awesome. uh, a couple of years ago, he was diagnosed with uh, with cancer. Uh, so that's what the uh, Check It for Andretti shirt is that I'm wearing. So just rough, rough to lose him, but really cool for, uh, for our community. Um, big deal for Newcastle, mm-hmm. you know, for – 17 years or so that race for Riley took place here in this town, right? It was Newcastle, Indiana. Um, so just, uh, feel for the family, feel for the fans, the race fans, real community. A lot of my good friends in, in motorsports came from, uh, came from John and the community around him. So feeling for those guys recognizing it. It's a big deal for, uh, for a lot of folks in Indiana and a real, uh, just a real shame. So genuinely a good dude, more than just the racing, um, big, big loss for the community. So that's what I got. Audrey, you've got anything from the final thoughts? No, no, we good. All right. Uh, we will be back next week. Uh, I think we have, uh, our defense attorney on Liberty defenders. Sean Lib- Rao. Episode 149 coming at you next Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Boss Hog of Liberty, which is part of the We Are Libertarians network. I am Chris Spangle, and I am the founder of this network. And I invite you to listen to all of our shows, which you can find at wearelibertarians.com or by searching for these in your podcatcher. The flagship show is the We Are Libertarians podcast, where we apply libertarian principles to current events. The Brian Nichols Show is a conversation amongst Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Independents, as they talk about what is happening in the news. And we have many other podcasts like The Chris Spangle Show, Upward, The Cost, Raw Audio Politics, Miranda's World, and Tad Talk, which is quite a ride. So check all of these out. Go to WeAreLibertarians.com and you can check out all of our great podcasts. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the We Are Libertarians Network. Get our other shows at WeAreLibertarians.com.